Hey everybody, Jeff Vita here with the Kung Fu Driving Podcast. I have a special guest today, uh, MMA fighter, instructor, proprietor of the Free MMA Gyms. Uh, amazing initiative. We're going to get into it. Jared Bear Fiore. Jared, thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you uh, having me on the show. Uh, it's great to have you. Uh, so much of that I want to talk with you about. Uh, you're a fan of of martial arts. You're a fan of MMA. Uh, and uh, as I said at the top of the show, free MMA gyms, uh, an amazing initiative. Um, but let's let's get to the important questions. Uh, where did the nickname Bear come from? <laughs> so my my mother's actually been calling me Bear since you know before I even had a memory. And I, I know that a lot of guys. You know, it's funny thing about fighting when you first show up to your event and you don't have like a name for yourself. A lot of times the entry level events would be like. What do you want the the announcer to call you? And you'll just decide right then and there. Bone crusher. And you'll just that that's your name now for the rest of your life. But my mother's been calling me Bear forever. So I just it was very easy just to kind of roll with it for the name. And it sounds kind of tough. People people second guess why I might have it, and then I tell them why. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. <clears throat> well, uh, talk to me then about uh, uh, the martial arts. How did you get started in all of that? So I actually got started in martial arts when I was five years old, and the way I did it was because my dad had passed away, and I started to act out in school and attack other students. I can remember <laughs> one incident. I was actually uh, pretending airplane, which is where I just rode around the school with my wings out, and anyone who got too close just got like dropped. Um, <laughs> the principal did not like that. Um, at all. And so I was getting in school suspensions, out of school suspensions. It was getting pretty bad. And so she decided to kind of put me in this place where I can uh, channel this negative aggressive energy into something productive. And so I got my first martial arts class. I started with Taekwondo. I loved it. I trained it now for 20 years. I competed in it, got my first black belt. Um, and as I progressed into MMA, I had met a gentleman who's now one of my better friends. He's an ex Muay Thai kickboxing champ. And I thought, you know what? When we met, let's have a sparring match. And I'll teach this guy a couple things. He's 10 years older than me, 10 years more experienced than me in a ring, super aggressive sport. But I'll show him a thing or two, my 18-year-old black belt self, and he kicked the shit out of me. It was so bad. I, at one point, I spun around. He's like, why are you spinning around? I said, I don't know. And he punched me in the face again. So uh, it encouraged me to learn more martial arts and take on more uh, skills and styles that I thought were out there. And that kind of progressively pushed me to get into an MMA gym and start competing. Now, that, that's interesting because, uh, I mean, you, you took a beating and it encouraged you to, to get into a ring and take more beatings. Um, why? Why, uh, why is that? Because it, it takes a unique uh, mental fortitude, a, a unique personality to decide that you want to get into a ring and, and test your mettle. Knowing full well that uh, you're not only going to uh, potentially take a beating, but you have to dish a beating out as well. So what was it about MMA that... Uh, that drew you in. I love that you mentioned that before I answer, just because a lot of people think it's really easy to, to hit somebody. It is hard mentally and physically to, to yeah. put a beating on, the, on another guy. So I'm really happy you brought that up. Um, the reason why I did it in the first place was because I everyone's got a everyone's got a reason why they fight. You know, the reason why you fight motivates you to do well in the cage and stops you from either quitting or giving up on yourself or freezing up. 
uh, when the time comes. And so some people do it because they live in poverty and they want to get out of poverty. Some people do it because they have a unique desire to want to fight. They just have that kind of like warrior instinct that people refer to as the warrior gene. Um, they really just want to, they want to get physical. For me, I have kind of a chip on my shoulder where it's like, I don't ever want to be put in a position where another person can hurt me or attack me and I can't do anything about it. Sure. And so I, I, I did it as a, as a way to feel safe. And it, it came from that first experience of like really sparring my now good friend who was the champ because when I was in Taekwondo, I was always like the big dude. I always had a lot of power. So for me, I was the best of my bunch and I thought I was untouchable. And then this dude who just showed just showed me I'm not. Like I can very easily get my butt kicked by, by the wrong person. And so <laughs> I needed to feel secure again. And so that's what pushed me to now train and fight so that when I step into the octagon and I beat this other guy who put in just as much time as I did, or maybe I had just that extra little bit he didn't, it motivates and tells me, hey, I'm on the right path. And that's one less person who could stop me if I needed to keep myself safe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so how long have you been on the MMA circuit now? I've been doing mixed martial arts for almost seven years now, a little over half a decade. What, what is what, what is your um, what is your status? What's your record? How, how do you feel about uh, being an MMA fighter? Well, the record's awful. It's two and six. Obviously, I'm having some trouble. Um, mainly, my thing comes to uh, my thing comes with the uh, the crowd. I have a lot of issues in front of an audience of people. Like in the oh, gym, it doesn't matter. I'll hard spar anyone in a cage all day you want. I'll go without you know gloves if you want. I don't I don't care. But putting me from an audience, and I got some issues. So we're we're working on that. You know, we're oh, having some, we're having some good time. Um, other than that, I love doing it. It makes me excited. It gets me up in the morning. I can't imagine what my life would be like if I wasn't training to do something like this. So I think it just, it makes me happy. And that's why I love continuing to do it regardless yeah. of record or status or anything like that. It's funny because uh, for anybody who, who doesn't know, uh, Jared uh, is a big social media uh, content creator. So he's got audiences all over the world, uh, but obviously uh, they're not in front of you the whole time. So it makes it a little bit different. <laughs> Yeah, I've got it. You know what? This has helped me a lot. Um, either uh, producing content and coming on the radio shows with f awesome people like you, which has really actually helped me get past uh, these kind of nerves. Cool, cool. Now, uh, who is your audience uh, on on social media and and, uh, and things like that? Uh, because I, I imagine you get a lot of uh, of uh, MMA uh, prospects uh, following you, um, but. Uh, I wonder too if you get a bunch of dentists following you because for a guy who fights MMA, you have an amazing grill, brother. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> um, I don't know specifically who's following me. I know I cater to a lot of the younger crowd. I got uh, early, mid, late teens, early adults, uh, some some older adults as well. I've had people who are in different industries like doctors. Funny enough, doctors have said they follow me before. <laughs> Uh, I've had people in other sports, people in motocross have hit me up and say, oh, hey, I follow you. I love your content. And I've checked them out and they're like, oh, this is big motocross dude. Okay, that's really awesome. So I kind of, I think I reach across the board, but primarily I think I'm really a big interest to people who are looking to get into mixed martial arts, especially like late teenage kids who are thinking, okay, this is a way for me to better my life. This is a way for me to find this next level of excitement. I don't really know if I want to go to school yet, but I do know I want to hit people. So how do I do this safely and make a career out of it? So I think that's the kind of audience that I'm attracting. Speaking of making a career out of it, uh, my show focuses on uh, uh, fight choreographers, actors who who actual uh, actually practice martial arts uh, in the entertainment field. I talk with you know um, actors from shows like Warrior, Into the Badlands, things like that. Um, and uh, you know, I try to talk to the guys who uh, make it an effort to uh, 
portray martial arts well on screen uh, and make it look uh, still dynamic and cool, but uh, kind of keep it as real as possible. Um, being on the fight side of things, what is your take on how martial arts is represented on screen? Are you a fan? Uh, do you wish it was it was uh, closer to reality or what's your take on that? I definitely, as, as an artist, as a guy who always wants to see the benefit and the reality behind every punch and kick, I really wish it was more realistic. Mm. As the entertainer side, and I have been on sets, and I do understand how things have to roll sometimes, I know that you can't properly articulate every motion accurately when you're trying not to bloody up the stuntman <laughs> or whoever else is on set with you. So you get, right. it's a little bit of a little bit of give and take. You sure. have to sacrifice a little bit of realism to get the content out there. That said, I, I can remember back in like the 80s, 90s, the Kung Fu movies. Those are pretty far-fetched. You know, a lot of them even had like <laughs> mystical powers involved. Sure. And we got yeah. um, movies like Undisputed. Like those, those things are a little, they're cool. Right, but they're yeah, they're yeah. pretty unrealistic compared to a real fight. Although in today's modern age of martial arts movies, I think they're doing fantastic. One of my favorite out there is Warrior. Love that you mentioned that. I think Tom Hardy uh, killed it in that movie. I think a lot yeah, of the martial yeah. arts are fairly accurate for what you see. So I think we're going in the right direction. Is, is there one other other than Warrior that uh, that you like to point to for your students to be like, hey, you know, uh, you're, you're going to learn this martial art, you're going to learn these mixed martial arts, take a look at how it can be implemented in a cool and dynamic way? There is another movie out there. I, I actually believe it's also called Warrior. I have it in a DVD box. I just got to look at it real quick. It's a depiction of Moy Boran, which is the style previous to Muay Thai. And it mm. depicts a guy who came from uh, Okinawa, Japan, who was a uh, samurai and karate guy, came over there, got his butt kicked, and he started learning Moy Boran to be a part of their militaristic uh, group and start fighting on their side. And it has a lot of here and there, some goofy stuff, but it's, for the most part, very realistic to what you expect to see in Muay Thai and Muay Baran. So I think that's another really good movie. And for God's sakes, if I wasn't blanking on the title, I'd give it to you right now. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Um, now, you talked about uh, Taekwondo. You, you, you've taken it for 20-plus years now. Are there yeah. other styles that you've mixed into your uh, your your repertoire? Yeah, so over the course of my entire martial arts career, all 20 years worth, I started with Taekwondo and I haven't stopped. Uh, I did Muay Thai, Jiu Jitsu, kickboxing, boxing, wrestling is the latest thing I'm really trying to push because I need a lot better ground game. I did a little bit of Hapkido, not Aikido, and there's a, it's a smidgen, it's the tiniest amount of karate possible. <laughs> For people who follow you, I know uh, you're, you're a huge fan of Aikido and Sistema, right? <laughs> Oh, you hit that would hit me for a second. I had to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, but I, because I know you get a lot of questions about what's the best martial art, uh, and uh, you you have a, you know you you talk about the, the different styles. But um, wh when you get that question, what's the thought process for you to kind of uh, break it down for someone? Because they're you know they're coming from a whole different set of backgrounds, different skill levels and things like that. So what? how do you break it down for them? The first thing I have to find out, especially if they message me personally, like on my Instagram, is what do you want to do? You know, if you, if you had to sit there and think about, okay, do I really want to hit this dude in the face or would I rather choke him out? What is more appealing to you? And if the more appealing side is to punch him in the face, okay, now we have a list of 
martial arts and styles we could potentially go with. Like, do you want to only punch people? Do you want to knee them in the head? Do you want to kick them in the legs? Do you want to, you know, what what other opportunities are you looking for here? Like, oh, I also want to kick them. Okay, now we're looking at a little bit finer group of martial arts. I'll go through this whole list with people. I, I do want them to find one that makes them happy. And at the bottom, at the, at the end of the day, we'll find a martial art that makes them excited to go and do it. Because if you're not excited to go do a martial art, even if it's the best ever, like MMA, in my opinion, is the best thing you can do as martial arts at the end of the day. That's just my opinion because you get to put everything together and you see how it works on a regular basis by watching UFC or PFL or anything like that. So if that doesn't interest you being the best that it is, then you're never going to go do it. It doesn't matter how awesome it is. You can actually get good at it and still hate what you're doing. So the reality is if you want to continue for forever and keep getting the benefits, I have to help you or not have to, but I would love to help you find one that excites you so you keep doing it that's that's gonna be the best martial art people say hey what's the number one martial art out there there's my opinion and then there's the reality of what you'll probably end up doing and let's pick the one you're gonna end up doing because that's the one that's gonna give you the most benefit at the end of the day you're such an advocate for martial arts in general um why what is it about the martial arts in general that uh, that keeps you so involved in it to the point where you've got the school and we'll talk about that a little bit later Wait, I'm going to mention this when I get to the school as well, but I want to touch on it for a second. When I was growing up, starting in Taekwondo, I grew up in a rougher area and it's my friends who had joined and could no longer afford it because the parents have to pick between electricity or rent. They're sure. going to go yeah. with rent. Yeah. Um, I watched some of them pass away. I watched some of them get on drugs, some of them join gangs. And to me, if they had stayed in martial arts, that never would have happened. So a big motivator for me to keep pushing martial arts to everybody, youth, adult, senior, is these experiences in my life that have showed me, hey... These people had every opportunity that I did, but because they couldn't continue martial arts, they lost out immensely. So I don't want anyone else to suffer that way. I want everyone to be able to get on this this uh, this boat, this punchy, yeah. kicky boat where you get to hurt people and, look and <laughs> laugh, with, laugh with them just after. So that's why I keep pushing martial arts. I think it's awesome for everybody, regardless what stage of life you're in. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh your uh, your socials do a great job of uh, distributing you know, information about fighting. Uh, it also does a lot to combat disinformation. That's why I, I poked a little fun about uh, your system and Aikido uh, to you. But um, why is there so much bad instruction out there? I, you know, I we've seen I, I've seen a, a bunch of socials that uh, that uh, highlight some ridiculous concepts of martial arts that just don't make sense in the real world and 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 display frankly a, a lot of magic sometimes <laughs> so so you know uh why is that why is that still out there so i think a big proponent as to why we still have what a lot of people refer to as bullshito fake martial arts yeah is the old 80s 90s movies that came out and they depicted martial arts in a certain way and so everyone thought that there was, there was this magic answer for self-defense protection you can you can stop bullets you can touch people and they'll die immediately. How do I learn this awesome power? How do I learn to chi bend someone's blood out of their mouth? You know, what can I, how do I do this? And so they watch these movies and think, oh, this is legit, or at least mostly legit, so let me go check it out. And they find these, these charlatans, these dudes who are willing to teach them this bull crap. And then they get all invested, they become super culty, they get more people involved. And it transpires even till now where you got people up in the mountains teaching others how to meditate to make sure that they can pull trees out of the ground and you know, make people's eyes pop out of their head. <laughs> That's what they're teaching. That's what they're claiming to teach them, right? And so I think part of the reason why we still exist is because it started – and never quite stopped. And this industry, I'm going to I'm gonna shout out real quick, uh, Mick Dojo Live on Instagram, because he's the one who taught me this concept. There is no 
regulation in the martial arts industry. If you mm. want to become an instructor today, like anyone listening to you, you want to be a martial arts instructor t- today with no experience, here's how you do it. Get a business license, create a name. That's it. That's it. That's all you crazy. That's all you need to be a martial arts instructor. And you can start wearing whatever belts you want, whatever geese you want. You can tell people (laughs) to do whatever you want. And you can make people just spin around on the floor for 30 minutes if it makes you happy. And they they buy into it. And they'll pay you. They'll pay you hundreds of dollars a month, each person, for you to make them spin on the floor for half an hour a day. (laughs) Because they believe you. And so that's the that's why it exists because one it's it started out where people believe the nonsense and that's okay because there wasn't enough information at the time, uh, and then it carried over because it was such a lucrative business opportunity and it still is. People are making thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars by having huge schools that deliver nothing to their students, but they believe yeah. it, so they keep paying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so uh, how about uh, uh, for you then? Who were the instructors, uh, the, the mentors that inspired you and, and continue to inspire you? Uh, one of my very first instructors ever, his name was Stephen Wolston. He was my first Taekwondo instructor. Very nice uh, gentleman when you spoke to him, very calm. But in the school, even when he was talking nice, it was always that. You know, it, it, I don't know if you watch anime at all or anything like that, but sometimes the, yeah, characters, yeah. the characters in the shows, they'll they'll depict a super big evil guy. And then you'll, you'll visually see pressure around them like the screen gets all staticky and the hero gets all nervous that's the kind of energy that that instructor gave out he stepped in the room and you just felt pressure in the air even if he was super calm and so he was always a big motivating factor for me and where in the way that i teach and talk to my students the way i carry myself in the gym and one who motivates me now is actually uh joe daddy stevenson from the ufc he's my current mma coach and my my wrestling coach and so he motivates me every single day to do better and train harder. And he's the one who keeps me going as a fighter nowadays. All right. So uh, segueing that into the instruction now, uh, free MMA gyms, uh, incredible initiative. Uh, because like you said, a lot of kids who, who want to join martial arts uh, have to, you know, they, they have to make that decision. You know, am I going to pay this money to train or, or are my parents going to be able to buy groceries this week? You know, that kind of thing. Um, and it, it, it's a really huge factor for uh, people to not start martial arts, frankly, you know? So um, what was, uh, what was the, the driving force for you to get this school started? Well, like I mentioned earlier, uh, after my friends when I was younger had passed, bi- the biggest catalyst them dying, honestly, like, Yes, drugs, yes, gangs, horrible things, but not having them in my life anymore mm. made the huge difference. And so me and my mom came together back in 2018 to start Free MMA. I'm one, one of the few people who's like, yeah, me and my mother went into business together. And it really, <laughs> we love it. We love what we do. And we love teaching people martial arts. Sorry, I love teaching people martial arts. She loves being able to help the, the continuation of that aspect. And so the biggest reason was to make sure no one had to suffer because they didn't have the opportunity to join martial arts. If they need a place to vent physically, they need a place to burn off you know, whatever stress they have, they're looking to make this a career. If they just wanna to learn to feel more confident and learn to protect themselves, and maybe they have kids who are getting bullied who just need to feel better about themselves. Um, I actually have, I had a student who uh, she since moved away, but back before the pandemic, she joined because she was getting bullied. And I taught her everything I possibly could up until the point that she left. And in the middle of the pandemic, her mother texts me and is telling me this this story about how they were just by themselves, her and her mother, in the house, and this couple had broken in. The man held them at gunpoint while a separate woman went around cleaning out their house, took everything that they had. At some point, she, the young girl, had noticed that he wasn't paying attention and just loaded up and hit him with the biggest punch she could 
broke her pinky, gave herself a boxer's fracture, um, dropped him, got the gun away, and called the cops and got them arrested and kept kept all their stuff. And she's telling me how she only had the confidence that because of what you've been teaching her and helping her do it in the gym, uh, because when she was getting bullied, she wouldn't even really talk, let alone physically react in a situation that would require, it actually would probably freeze most adult men nowadays. That's cool. And so, yeah, and it excited me. Like, in, in one way, I was super proud. The other way, I'm like, you probably shouldn't attack people with guns. Just saying. <laughs> Let's keep that in mind moving forward. Anyone listen to the story, don't try. Your punch may not do the trick. That guy either, she's 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 super strong, and he just may not have been paying attention. It's not going to happen every time. Don't just sure. punch people holding guns at your face. Um, but that that's another big motivation, but motivating factor why we have this gym, why we opened it up. Because we're looking just to help people benefit whatever way we can. And martial arts does so much more than just physically build you up it's yeah. mainly mentally what you get from it and i think it's vastly more important than a lot of other extracurricular activities you can do i think sports in general are what's really going to take the cake when it comes to building people up mentally yeah um the uh you've got a slogan on on your sign outside your school seriously it's free now, as a business model Jared, yeah. as a business model a free school not doesn't sound all that great on paper <laughs> Yeah. But uh, no. how, how does how does the school survive? So the school survives through individual donation, government grants, and corporate sponsorship. We have numerous businesses cool. that actually sponsor my fights. And when they sponsor my fight and they get their name on my shorts or they get a shout out for me on the social media, they actually are supporting. They send the money that goes to the gym, the nonprofit, and that keeps that afloat. The money I make from social media is sent to the gym to keep that afloat. Cool. I always tell people I take literally the bare minimum to survive, everything else to the gym. And I keep that going because it technically isn't making money. It's it's meant to help people to better themselves. And this is a passion project I really wanted to do and get it out there so everyone had the opportunity to do martial arts. And so all the money I make elsewhere goes to pay for things like rent, electricity, uniforms, stuff of that nature, repairs if needed. Because um, I've accidentally put a hole in the wall before. That is beside <laughs> the point. <laughs> and so... Is it a super great business model? No, but it was never it was never meant to make you know millions upon millions of dollars. It was meant to support the people. And my goal with that is I can put another free MMA in another state and then one in a separate state and one in every single state in the country and then hopefully one in every country around the world. I don't know if I'll hit there in my generation, but the goal for the gym is for that to happen where somewhere down the line, every place on the planet has a free MMA that they can go and attend. That's hugely inspirational. I, I mean, that's such a great goal, and uh, I, I totally support you, um, and I would love to support the school. Um, tell me, your students, though, who, who makes up your student body? We primarily have kids. We are primarily, yeah. uh, the normal person you see walking in the gym to say, take a class is between the ages of 7 and 14 years old on any regular basis. We do have an adult base. Those are mm. usually... Uh, early to mid 20s couple of people in their older stages about 50 60 who do attend uh, periodically but normally it is with the younger crowd and we do actually offer a special class for youngest students ages four to six where they come in sunday nights and they have a separate thing for themselves all together and that class is where they learn how to learn martial arts because i can't just take a four-year-old and start teaching them how to do spin kicks it's not gonna translate sure, very sure. well so they have to learn how to take in information, how to follow direction well before they move into learning more, I would say, useful in-fight tactics and techniques. But right now, it is mainly a younger audience coming to the gym, but we are open to everybody, ages 6 to 106 for the regular classes, and we start as young as 4 for our little biddies class. Do you have uh, students that have been with you from the beginning that are still uh, still training with you? 
I do have a couple. I do have a couple cool. students that have been here since the beginning. Uh, there's one of them that is consistent. She comes almost every single class. There is another one who is a little bit here and there. Every couple of weeks, I'll see them, and then they'll come for a few weeks, and they'll drop out for a few weeks, and so on and so forth. But no, we don't have a, a large number of students who stick around. One of the things I noticed with running the nonprofit is while we are here for literally anybody who wants to come and do martial arts, Sometimes people don't want to continue coming in because there's a low motivating factor for them to keep showing up because it's all about self-motivation. Mm. It's all about if you want to mm-hmm. benefit yourself, we are here. But I'm you know, very clearly not going to show up to your house and force you to come to the gym sure. because then yeah. you'll probably call the police on me. <laughs> but that taps into uh, uh, a part of uh, that uh, student's character uh, for them to want to keep coming and, and keep pushing themselves, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's wonderful when I get to see that because not only does it tell me as coach, oh yeah, I'm doing something, I must be doing something right to keep this person coming because if I was doing a bunch of nonsense and they hated it, they wouldn't show back up. So I must be doing something right for these people to keep coming. So I love that fact. But I also <laughs> love seeing that knowing that I'm doing it right, knowing that I have enough students coming in consistently that I'm like, okay, this is I'm doing the right thing. Knowing that and then seeing people show up over and over again, to me, tells me how motivated that they are to continue to learn martial arts. And even though training can be grueling at times, they're still willing to push themselves to get better. And I love that. <laughs> Do some of these students recognize the opportunity that they have to attend a, a class for free? Do I mean... Do they get that that's a huge thing to, to, be, able to, ha- to be able to do and to be able to, uh, to get after? I, I love my students. And the adults really do get that. The kids, eh. They, the sure, kids don't yeah. quite understand that. But what I do see is the students who reach out to me, I consider them students, I consider them friends, the people who are on my social media. Those who reach out to me who are at a distance away that cannot reach the gym, they vastly understand it because they'll see, oh, this guy's doing this for free. What's in my area? And they'll see 160, 180, 200, 250 per month in these classes. And a lot of them, again, are just teenagers. Some of them don't even have, actually, most of them probably don't even have jobs yet or or even eligible to get a job. And so they see that and they're like, that sucks. But here's this guy doing it for free out there. So I now know like between not being, not even remotely coming close to being able to afford it and then can just walk in the door over with this dude. So I think when (laughs) you don't have it available to you, Um, you really do understand the benefit of it when it's available to you every single day. It can be more, it can be easier to kind of take it a little bit for granted and think, okay, this will just be here. It's all good. I don't have to worry about this. So do you have uh, something in mind to try to combat that complacency? Is, Is there anything that you can do other than, you know, hoping that your students, you know, it clicks for them? I do regularly go over a system of tenets in the gym. There's eight words that I follow along that I teach students, young, old, anyone. Um, And it's how do I motivate them to be better individuals in life and society, but also how I get them to be better students in the gym. And one of these words, actually a couple of these words I teach are perseverance, indomitable spirit, and patience. And those are three things that come out the most in a gym. Perseverance, because you never want to doubt yourself. Indomitable spirit, because you never want anyone else to put doubt in you. And patience, because you always, you want to be willing to wait to reap the benefits of what is being offered here. And I think when you fully grasp those three words, you take them in and you start training and living your life by that every single day. Like if you go to school and you have a really hard test they didn't study for, but you know what, you take it, you do your best, you don't give up, you persevere. If someone's bullying you and telling you you're not good enough, you have the indomitable spirit to say, you know what, screw you, I don't wanna listen to what you have to say, go away. And then you have the patience 
to get through the lessons, the schooling, to benefit from the knowledge that it has to offer. So when you get those three things together, I think that's what keeps a good student base. And that's why I preach them and teach them about every single class that I'm in to make sure that we do not only keep them involved, but also make they want to be involved. Yeah. Now, as an instructor yourself, uh, you're also, uh, I assume, a student, uh, a continuing student of the martial arts. How do you balance that uh, between running the school and, uh, you know, furthering your MMA fight career? It's difficult. I have some very <laughs> lovely, I have some very lovely, awesome instructors who are able to volunteer their time to come out and teach students on a regular basis when I can't make it. I do have days that I go in and teach when there's nothing else happening. Like if it's not fight week and I'm not dramatically ill or injured, I have my days of the week that I'll go in and teach. And that's typically on the weekend. So we have Friday through Sunday and then our Wednesday and Thursday are covered by our awesome teachers. Or if I can't make it, another one will step in for me, which I really do appreciate. So I'm able to have a schedule where I can train in the evening for in the morning and evening time and a schedule where I can teach, which is all in the evenings at our school. Um, so for right now, it balances out really well. We occasionally have one where it's like, okay, I don't have a backup instructor and my other instructors are sick and I got to fight. So, okay, I'm sorry, everyone. Here's, here's a class send out. There's not going to be class this day or this class the next two days. So we do have um, a way of letting our students know what's going on, but I do also have a good system of people to help me run the facility. Cool. You mentioned that you've been on some sets. Is is there any uh, inclination towards taking your uh, skills uh, onto the screen at some point? So <laughs> funny enough, my sets have nothing to do with martial arts. I okay. Was, uh, <laughs> my most recent one, my most recent one is I was on a show. I was on a set for a show called Let's Dance, and it's basically a uh, it's a dancing show for people who are looking to get more athletic, learn dance. Oh, and cool. uh, it was meant to gear towards kind of like the getting kids up and active for an hour a day kind of program. I don't remember what it was mm -hmm. called. I think it was uh, Michelle Obama's program, but it was meant to get the kids up and moving. And this is a show that would kind of entice them to follow along, learn how to dance and be active while doing it. And I learned some things uh, from set by doing that, including the whole, well, you can't make every single thing realistic because you'll get someone hurt or something silly will happen because truth be told that the dancers were doing everything they could super realistically in the confined spaces they had they may have hurt themselves or someone else so they had to be a little <laughs> extra careful in that regard um but i would love to i have i have zero objection to being on any set uh that, that you want me on for whatever reason dude I'd, I'd love to be a part of it i've had people uh talk to me about using my voice for stuff had people talk to me about using my skills for stuff people talk about using my gym uh, as a filming location for things. So cool. I'm open to whatever. It's all good with me. What's next for the school then? Uh, you, where are you with that? And, and you, you talked about uh, wanting to expand globally, uh, but where where is it now? Where Where is it? Uh, where is it about to go in the short term? Well, in the short term right now, we're looking at actually uh, pushing it out to a different state. We had a couple people reach out from, uh, you know, awesome thing about social media. You never know who's going to come through and talk to you, especially when you have hundreds of thousands of people who want to invest in what you're doing. I had a guy reach out to me, I believe either from South Carolina or Tennessee, I have to follow up, but he has an uh, open building. He's a martial arts instructor and he's got a lot of free time. So he wants to open up a satellite out there. Uh, cool. We're also potentially in dealings with, um, Dan Henderson from uh, Dan Henderson's team, the famous UFC champion who yeah. wants to be involved in the nonprofit. So hopefully very soon we'll have uh, some expansion either into this state, just another city or into another state altogether. Are you going to be uh, careful about vetting the instructors there after all the, the bullshit you know, that we were talking about? 
<laughs> yeah, no, it's people, it's nuts. The kind of things you'll see and the kind of people you find running these martial arts school. I mean, on the light end, they're just, you know, scamming people to taking a little bit extra money out the top. They're kind of like, oh, hey, you know, you, you just got your next belt. That's awesome. But now you need these patches and that's going to run you this much money or, <laughs> or otherwise we have to, you know, collect a fee from you every month and you don't want us to collect that fee from you. So there's those, those are lighthearted ones. They're a bunch of buttholes. You shouldn't go to their school, but they're not. <laughs> <laughs> the ones on the on the on the heavier end, which are like you know molesting and killing your kids. That's mm. that's a real thing that, that occurs in the bullshito world on a regular basis. And there are plenty of people who've been arrested for it, and even some of them who've been arrested, been released, find themselves back in a back in a gym, supported by either ex students or friends. So it can be ridiculous out there. And in my case, we actually do a, a background check, a very extensive background check on anyone who comes in to teach at the gym. And I'll probably have to find one that's even more severe for someone who's going to be running a facility, be yeah, the head of one yeah. of the satellites. Yeah, that's crazy. But uh, what? Uh, where can uh, the audience go to find out more information about the gym, ways to donate, ways to support the school, things like that? So my social media everywhere is at bear like the animal, F-I-O-R-D-A, no spaces, no caps. You can find it literally any social media platform, even the most obscure ones. And in the bio of my Instagram and TikTok are links to donate to the nonprofit. There's also options to message me on both Instagram and TikTok. I respond every single day in the morning and I do give out information, advice, tips, whatever you guys are looking for, whether it's to join the gym or just get a little bit of help from me on the side if you're struggling with something. I'm, I'm there for you guys. And of course, like I said, the links to donate to the facility, again, all the money goes straight to it, uh, are in the bio of both Instagram and my TikTok. Very cool. Jared Bear Fiora, thank you so much for uh, for joining the show. Like I said, uh, very inspiring, the initiative with the, the free MMA schools. Uh, for anybody out there that's listening, if you can donate, donate. Uh, if, uh, if you're interested in, in, in running the school, maybe talk to Jared and see, see if you've got what it takes to do that. But uh, best of luck with the school, man. I, I hope it continues to grow and, and best of luck to you. I hope your your MMA career continues to skyrocket, brother. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I look forward to it. If you ever, if you have, if you're willing to have me back on, I look forward to telling you about any updates I have coming in the future. Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's do it again. Perfect. I love that. And you're locked in now because there's people here watching this. <laughs> Best of luck, Chad. Thank you so much. Have a great day, man. Thank you. You as well. Take care. Poison clan rocks the world. Shouting monks on the hands, running down the thousand stairs. The fate of Lee Khan now's in King Yu's hands. With the fearless idea roaming over the lands. Yeah, the little bitch soldier is older than wiser. He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight. Yo, got the venom mob laying down the law. Bruce Lee delivered kicks, guaranteed to great jars. Fight for the cars, then pass here. The plaster, the end back kicks will defeat the outlaws. Very good, but all 
Wolves no one hit back Yeah the death jewels here David D is coming back The Tai Chi master Jet Li's even faster Bitch had a little drink Because he is the drunken master Once upon a time in China Rosamund Kwan is real fine But see Maggie chunk his spine off Golden Swallow has arrived Shang-Chi movies Will the hero we survive We've got the brave archer Make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight May as well pick the spot Yeah the sky goes black Cause the vampire's back We've got Lam Ching Ying To kill them all to so stand back You place the black magic On the soul of the sword And our sword will travel Until his body's on floors Yeah Wing Chun Shaolin The man is style Yeah defeat the enemy And watch him run for miles Blood will spill Now on the mountain tops When we bring back The soul of the legendary pops What to the tea house Ready for some action Drink a little wine We're getting drunk And then we're fighting Ha This time it's war We smash the place up With a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house Ready for some action Drink a little wine We're getting drunk And then we're fighting Ha This time it's war We smash the place up With a dragon claws See it's a game of death Yo you're facing the big boss It's once upon a time In China counting the TikTok The Shogun Assassin's Slash and blood Just drip drop The head kick Neck drop Balance the bone stop Wanna kill Bill Better get the assassins He's got Irma Just in yellow But she is in the dragon But in the tea rooms That's where it'll happen She got the bodies on the floor When the blood It'll splatter against the wall No fear at all To kill them all There's always blood spilled When you head into a war Fearless Unleashed The fist of legend That's the car gently I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets And it's simple, see the facts are these There's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha, this time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine